0: It's an Amy show on KMOX. Amy is out. Nate Gatter is in. I'm Chris Ranji. Back to the Quiver River Electric guest line we go this morning, and we visit with a regular on the show. It is Scott McFarland from CBS News who uh, covers Washington White House. He's he's all over the place. He's fantastic, and he is with us now on KMOX. Scott, good morning. Right back at you. Good morning. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about what's happening with this Alexander Smirnoff news. There were court documents that were um, uh, released yesterday. We heard about them, uh, you know, later in the afternoon, early evening, and explain exactly what he is guilty of doing because now he's been charged by the Department of Justice.
1: And there's a new uh, filing that came out a few moments ago from the special counsel in this case, again asking a judge to keep Alexander Smirnoff behind bars trial there's obviously concern here about this guy Smirnov faces two federal criminal charges accused of making a false statement and making a fictitious report he's an fbi informant and has been for some time but according to the prosecutors he spun false tales about hunter biden the president's son and president biden linking them to some bribery allegation involving the ukrainian energy company burisma and the prosecution says that these are false claims But they're not just incidental false claims. These statements by Alexander Smirnoff to the FBI led to the filing of an FBI report, as they do with their witnesses, and it has been the backbone of this House Republican effort to lead an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Now the prosecutors are saying it's all false, and they want him jailed, saying he's a flight risk and that. He has not just ties to foreign intelligence, but he claims to have ties to Russian foreign intelligence. What's more, they say he claimed Russian foreign intelligence is the one ponying up these false stories about Hunter Biden.
0: What are the implications then for both the inquiries into Hunter Biden and ultimately, if there are any, for the president?
1: Yeah, We brought that question to House Republicans, and so far they have indicated they are full steam ahead. that This FBI informant information was not... The entire basis of their inquiry that they have other questions about other business dealings involving the family, and they will proceed. In fact, they are proceeding right now with a closed-door interview of the president's brother, James Biden. And then a week from today, right back here in Washington on Capitol Hill, a closed-door deposition with Hunter Biden. They are unflagging in their efforts to continue with this impeachment inquiry, but Democrats say if it's all based on a lie, or if so much of it is based on a lie, you got to drop this thing immediately.
0: And a lot of this information, um, the likes of James, James Comer and Jim Jordan went, you know, as you mentioned, full steam ahead on this entire thing. Uh, in large part, as a result of, of this guy's testimony, are there any, any possible repercussions for them as a result of all of this?
1: Well, they're going to get more heat from the Democrats, and maybe the people whose minds and hearts they're trying to change are less inclined now to change their minds and change their hearts about this whole political endeavor, which is this impeachment inquiry. If they were trying to be harder to sway people now, but I think ultimately there's, a, there's another political end here. They are just by having an impeachment inquiry, just by having the inquiry watering down the impact of the word impeachment. At just the time they'd like to do so, as they're about to nominate a twice impeached former president to be their nominee for the White House. Watering down that word serves a purpose, even if it doesn't get anywhere. And with this informant story falling apart, um, it's a real kneecapper for their efforts to get an impeachment vote on the floor and for it to pass.
0: It, it, it is. But is there a uh, as it pertains to Biden? But as you mentioned, Hunter Biden is not in the clear as a result of all of this.
1: Yeah, the same prosecutor who is bringing the charges against the FBI informant, accusing this informant of making false statements. It's the same prosecutor who actually is prosecuting Hunter Biden on tax charges in California. He's the one who's been investigating Hunter Biden for some time. And it's always worth underscoring. He's a special counsel now. Before that, he was the U.S. attorney and still is the U.S. attorney in Delaware. And he was appointed by Donald Trump, and he began the investigations of Hunter Biden in Delaware. He's brought the charges in California. There's some nexus to California in the case. But he's still full steam ahead with his prosecution of Hunter Biden in the federal courts near Los Angeles.
0: Bearing in mind your point about why there might be political motivations at this particular moment in time for Republicans in the House to try to water down the shock value or the impact of the word impeachment. How much of this do you think is explicitly politically motivated as compared to how many of those House Republicans might still be true believers, if you will, on on what they're pushing uh, any allegations against, whether it's Hunter or ultimately the president?
1: It's a real good question. It's hard to answer, but it's, it's the question to ask rhetorically because we are now in the heart of an election cycle, not just nearing the election. We're in this thing now. What's more, so many of these congressional Republicans, to a degree, the Democrats on these panels, too, face the prospect of primary challenges back home. And the only challenge they have to reelection is to lose in a primary. So they don't want to get outflanked to the right. So I don't see anybody equivocating on the need to do an impeachment inquiry among the Republicans who've already supported it. And it's hard to divorce this from the politics of the moment.
0: And, Scott, last thing before we, we let you go this morning. Um, we we spent the last segment talking a little bit about, about Russia and Ukraine and the funding that is being held up in our Congress as a result of people who just don't want to send money that way. With the death of, of Alexei Navalny, do you see any... Any movement, any shift toward getting something done to get some aid to Ukraine?
1: Yes and no. I mean, it certainly has raised the profile of the issue and the fact that this money needed to be approved in 2023, according to the Biden administration. And here we are nearing the end of February 2024, and it's not done. The political fundamentals here are that if they put this vote on the floor of the House to fund Ukraine, it would pass pretty overwhelmingly. There's a coalition of Republicans who would join a very large coalition of Democrats to do so. But getting it on the floor is the trick. Getting leadership and the Speaker to agree to put something they don't want on the floor, even if it passes, is difficult. There's no indication Navalny's death has changed that. But it certainly has reaffirmed the need to support Ukraine among those who already believe it. And maybe they try a third way or try to exert some political muscle to force it onto the floor over the objection of leadership.
0: CBS News Congressional Correspondent Scott McFarland, good to talk to you again. Thank you for visiting with us today. Same. Uh Scott McFarland, follow him on Twitter at McFarland News. He is very very good. So, all of the <laughs> just Russia, like here's what is is very evident. Um going back several years now, Russia loves to be involved in our politics. They love the fact we have infighting. It is so beneficial to them. Vladimir Putin is eating all of this up. Loves every bit of it. Just trolling. Just loves it. Loves it. Loves uh, the, the idea of at least trying to involve himself in elections or discourse, whether it's these... You know, Russian troll accounts on Twitter or on Facebook just trying to uh, turn Americans against each other. They are very successful at it. They've, I mean, we do it to ourselves, but they are helping and they are good at it. And we need to stop letting them be good at that. That's Nate Gatter. I'm Chris Ranji. Hey, guess what? Um, there's a guy, a rich guy. In Chicago that wants you in Illinois to pay for his new stadium. Yeah, we're going to tell you about that when we come back on KMOX